and welcome to the Pixel Sync Podcast, episode 308. Still, everyone is in isolation, but we're back to deliver, to deliver uh, another podcast as uh, two, in a, two, uh, two in two weeks. What is wrong with us? We're actually back on track. Ah, uh, so in that note, we have uh, a really full cast today. We have uh, Lane. Hey, how's it going? We have Liam. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have Lindsay. Hey-o. And we have Alex. I know, boring old Alex. I'd like to apologize. Well, 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 maybe I won't apologize after that comment. But uh, last week I recorded this whole podcast with a uh, mic from my uh, webcam, and it was on the floor the whole time. So um, any audio problems you have with that ish- uh, episode come to me. But also, uh, hi. <laughs> I, I worked my magic on the audio, so it sounded okay. Don't worry. Too- Phew, okay. Uh, but yeah, we wanted we wanted to start off by discussing... So, this week, E3 was officially cancelled. There's not going to be a weird summer E3. There's not going to be a weird digital E3. It's just cancelled. That's the end of it. And um, it looks like that might be the fate of many of the cons going forward this year. Because even if this pandemic leaves, people are still going to be iffy about going to massive public spaces with lots of people crammed in one area. Uh, So, is this kind of the end of uh, megacons that we've kind kind of grown to know with 300, 400,000 people all in a small little building. What, what do you all think? I mean, it's a tough one. I don't know. Like, as a big fan of cons, we always joke about, like, the con flu. And I think we were talking about that um, before when we thought, like, Toronto Comic Con might still happen. We were all yeah. still afraid of the old con flu. And then uh, this is obviously a little bit next level. So it's definitely a breeding ground for things. And I could see people being a little gun shy for a while. Yeah, I think that a lot of things in general, people assume that, you know, when this does finish, hopefully it will finish, first of all, fingers crossed. Um, but but when it does, that things are just, everyone's going to go outside, everyone's going to be out, like, you know, living their life. But I think there's going to be some trepidation sort of there. And I think that uh, cons are going to have lower numbers, at least for the next little bit. Uh, but I mean, they're, they were, they're so immensely popular before all of this. Like, I, I don't see them going away at all, is, is sort of the... Well, and I'm really curious how it's going to look for in San Diego because that con was yeah. getting so bloated as it was, uh, where people were standing in lines to stand in lines, and I, yeah. I feel like that'll be a really good temperature as to where we're going if it's still like massively blown out or if people are still like hiding from other people and you know trying not to fist bumping and trying not to be around people anymore. Yeah, well, my concern mm-hmm. is you. We get out of this, we all feel safe. And one of these cons just becomes a breeding ground. Like as the as happened in Toronto, it wasn't a con, but it was a conference for mining. That was one of the big vectors for this virus getting around Toronto. So I could see, hmm. like, if we all do go back to normal, and one of these cons kind of becomes another breeding ground, what what will we do? Like, will that be the death knell for everything? Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's going to be restrictions coming out of this, because I, 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 I don't imagine they'll be like, okay, you know, you can have 100,000 people at Fan Expo for four <laughs> days now. It finished uh, two days ago, yeah, just go for it. It's August, it's fine, it'll, it'll go like that. So I think there'll be restrictions in, that will cause people to sort of rethink how cons work, and then it might cause them to change the, the way they sort of do things, which is, I mean, it's a lot of disruption in, in a lot of industries, but uh, definitely, definitely with the cons and everything. Well, and I could see a lot of like industry-related cons moving to a more online virtual schedule, but yeah. for fan cons, like cosplay's a huge part, and you can't really yeah. do that over over Skype or Zoom or whatever you're using. 
So I mean, why? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Continue, Alex. I'll, I'll... I know. I, I'm just sort of wondering because I, I was expecting because E3 obviously they obviously put in the work. Yeah. They had the developers already. They had probably stuff planned and everything. So I'm I'm sort of confused or surprised more so that they're not doing anything. They're just like we're shutting down and everything. And I guess that it's you know people are quarantined. It's hard to get anything going, and the production call would be really bad. But I'm honestly, I'm honestly surprised that they didn't try to do some sort of online presentation or get some developers together and do a sort of stream or something. I mean, I a lot of that, that the, I think... Yeah, can you, Liam? Uh, I believe that the ESA, this is a good time for them to take a step back and really reevaluate. We saw that they were having some serious talent bleed, and mm-hmm. with all the controversies and stuff, this is this is a good time to make a better E3 2021, since yeah. they're... As long as things blow over by then, they definitely could. Um, they could. I don't know if they will, but could. Won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Won't be the same public E three that uh, that we've had in the past, but that might be a good thing, at least just one more time. Well, yeah, I mean, E3's been kind I, of straddling that as it is, like between being yeah. a, a professional con and a, a public straddling con. Straddling it, but not doing it terribly well. No. Crowding and such. Well, my problem with E3 was the fact that I don't think it knew what it wanted to be. And I think yeah. the talent bleed you mentioned, such as I am 8 bit leaving the show floor yeah. the crew uh, and creative director crew, and even Jeff Keighley leaving. I think that's the response to the fact that the developers didn't feel it was a con for them. And it isn't really advantageous for them to pay a large amount of money, be on that show floor, be around that area, when they can throw events for themselves. Like, Microsoft can throw its own event. And Sony that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. That's what Nintendo's been doing for years. Yeah. I mean, basically, they Nintendo had a booth full of one game, mm-hmm. and then they just did their little show their little video stream that was pre-recorded and that's what they often did and i think until the e uh, esa find a reason for e3 to exist it's just another con like it's another pax and what's the advantage of developers bringing their big reveals to a thing that isn't spe- any more special than them just doing a live stream on twitch there hmm. are advantages for e3 and stuff like gdc for the developers themselves and to a lesser extent the press to meet up in private and share information get some coverage done um and do that sort of thing again with e3 in particular it's a weird thing where it was turning into a con but not a terribly well managed con and yeah like i was saying this is a good reflection period but uh, my thing i want to be curious about e3 one thing it is it was a con that really didn't know what it wanted it, well, it was a trade show that was trying to be a convention but the big con that i'm really kind of wondering what's going to happen with is san diego comic-con because that is kind of the t- that is the big point for a lot for the film industry for the comics industry and even the gaming industry to kind of announce their big stuff because yeah. it's such a massive event Right. Well, 
and everything's everything's on hold. I mean, in the comics yeah. industry, uh, we, we talked about it last week, but you know, Marvel and DC, Image, they're not publishing any comics now except for that one Batman comic they're <laughs> doing doing digitally, uh, which is you know cool comic and all that. But it's it, they're on hold. No, no one's filming anything. No one's shooting anything. And if there's if there's um, you know content they've made, Disney's just putting it on Disney Plus, or they're delaying it if they think it can make more money in the future. So yeah. Yeah, it almost feels like right now, and obviously that can change, like everything's been bumped a year. Like someone was joking the other day, like, oh, a bunch of movies are all going to come out in the same month. And I was like, no, not really. They're moving the summer blockbusters to the following summer. So I think with the, S- uh, with the San Diego um, announcements, it's very likely that it'll just skip a year. But I guess yeah. it remains to be seen if... If everything is being halted, I could see it kind of fixing itself. If half of it is, then you're going to see, you know, what's successful. Are these online Twitch streams going to be as successful as a, you know, con announcement? Um, I don't know. I mean, what was it? Um, Was it CinemaCon? I'm drawing a blank here. Where Disney did a whole chunk of their announcements recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, think about the commerce associated with that. I mean, aside from all the people that buy tickets to attend, all the press that's invited, all of the press that capitalize off of um, live tweeting that or posting all the updates on their websites, as soon as you're going direct to um, the consumers via, like, a Twitch stream, that really changes that game. So I think those are the types of things that we'll see change a lot, how that's going to change the landscape for people like us, honestly. Right. And I, I sort of thought that... Um... I fully expected there to be some sort of uh, presentation by Microsoft, by Sony, by Nintendo. So for for the person at home, not not really for press or I guess people like us, but um, it would mostly be the same thing because you're still live streaming whatever's happening, right? You're still going to see those right. games and everything. Um, right. You do miss out on the developer interviews and the stuff that, you know, um, the content that we'd be putting out if we went to E3. But, I, you know, for the major announcements, I... It's, it would tech, it would really be same old for Joe Schmo or like a, a you know a kid in high school who loves video games and is just you know excited for E3, but who knows what they're gonna do and I I still think that there's that companies are gonna post stuff around that time and sort of do their own thing, but um, the fact that there's no online E3 thing and I know I keep circling back to E3 but uh, it's a, yeah, it's a bit surprising but it it also does make sense given everything. Yeah. So what do you what do you all think? Do you think we will? Kind uh, of go back to business as usual after this year. Will con change? I think we will. Like I think, think the very nature and success and the whole reason behind conventions is that they are conventions. I mean, we've always consumed yeah. our media at home. So things like you know, like they've always posted the Q and As on YouTube later. They've always um, had other ways to consume the media. Like we, you know, we watch the shows at home. We watch the movies at home or at the theater. Conventions are just about being in the same place as like-minded people, checking out some art, seeing your artists in person. Like I don't need to go to Fan Expo to buy the lithographs I put on my wall. I go there on purpose because I want to buy it from the artist and I want other people who are excited about that artist to be in the same room as me so I can talk to them about it, right? So I, I still see that need. I think Again, if anything, we might be a little bit afraid of the crowds, but there's been a lot of things that have made crowds pretty scary. Um, and sure. I don't know. I think that's kind of the whole nature and whole reason why conventions exist. It's not about really buying stuff. Like all the comic book shops that set up booths there are in this neighborhood. You know, people don't go to the cons just to buy the books. It's about the hype and the excitement of being in a room of a bunch of people and 
getting 10% off the cover price for buying it before you otherwise go to like it's just fun that that's why i used to pay 140 bucks to go to fan expo for the weekend for that for <laughs> yeah, that 10%, for 10% off, on off the cover price I yeah, used to, yeah. Exactly i used to live in the country so <laughs> some of those booths were the only places i could find some uh true some games mm. and dvds Mm-hmm. yeah selection's really good but yeah Very true. i totally agree with Lindsay there because th- these cons are social gatherings and everything and it, if anything when this is you know all, when people can go outside again that's the thing they're still going to be craving because they've been locked up with who, who knows who whoever's in their house right so it's sort of um being able to to, to go and do that but um yeah it'll, it'll definitely be different i just don't really know like I, I definitely think they'll keep going but i think it'll be a bit more of a uh a slow burn to get there well, and I think, think that, that cons will definitely continue on. I think you're, you're, you're both right in that regards. I think it's really mostly trade expos, uh, trade shows that we'll see the biggest changes in. Um, yeah, you I know, think just... that I mean, when you can do it all via a video call or video conference or video streams, mm-hmm. is there any reason to go, sit in a room with a bunch of other people to watch another video stream on their screen? Right. right. It's having a meeting to have a meeting. And there, there's networking opportunities, and that's great, but... They're not always that important or, you know, there are things you can do in other venues. Um, I do think we'll probably see some big changes coming to E3, but that's really more of an E3 problem uh, dealing with all of E3 stuff. Uh, But like there, there are some things that you can do at a con that you can't do other places. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge con rat myself, but uh, I have been, guess who's a giant nerd. Uh, I've been to (laughs) a bunch of live action role play cons. Um, and that is a thing that you can't do virtually. That's that's gathering people from all over the country, sometimes all over the globe, to tell a really weird story together and just be the worst nerd imaginable. Yeah. Uh, but what about, like, I mean, there are certain things like packs or packs Unplugged where tabletop is one of those things that you cannot uh, do at uh, in your house. I mean, in VO, like, stream. No one wants to watch someone play a board game that you i mean that's not true there's lots of people that play board games on on streams but if i want to see a new board game i want to try it right i want to buy a new board game i want to try it yeah like or uh, tabletop rpgs are one thing but a a board game you really want to be in there with with people you can use roll 20 for a lot of other stuff but um as far as like playing playing an expansion of Concordia or Quacks. I play too many board games. Um, (laughs) That's something that you you really want the physicality. You really want to be near people to do. So I've been sort of, uh, sorry, just um, going off of last week's uh, thing. um, Who else was on the show? Someone brought up Tabletop Simulator. And I was like, oh, oh Joe, 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 Joe brought it up. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Lindsay, and Brandon and me. Okay, okay. Memory, <laughs> geez. Uh, but he, he brought up Tabletop Simulator. And I'm like, that sounds really, really cool. And then I've downloaded it. And for the past, like, four nights, I've been playing just basically any board game I want to with friends, you know, talking on Discord and playing the board game. So um, it, it's, it's it's just a really cool uh, a way to play the, the, the physical board games. But it is very different, too. Like, not right. having the game in front of you. And I was trying a game called Takaido, and it was gorgeous and everything. Oh, but it was also... Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, it was fun. But it was also like you're, you're missing that magic. And I think mm-hmm. especially for those who are sort of pitching games at these places, it's... No, that's uh, that's another thing we didn't even touch on. A lot of these cons and a lot of these events are a way for indie developers and new developers to get noticed and actually be mm-hmm. bought up. Yeah. And GDC is one. 
uh, PAX is one for all the tabletop stuff. And I'm not sure Fan Expo, a lot of those artists, like I was talking to some artists uh, back in the day, and they were talking about how they got discovered by going to Fan Expo, doing those um, uh, portfolio reviews. Yeah. And mm. you just can't do that if you don't have those con, those events to actually allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean... I mean or, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, you, they do a lot of... Sorry, we're just going to talk all over each other. So. <laughs> um, but there's a... Very professional. <laughs> there's a lot oh, of I beta know. games that go on. Uh, yep. A lot of people play test at cons. I know, um, what was it? Uh, there was some weird two-player hit-and-roll game uh, um, uh, that, that was getting played around that I was sad that I always kept missing. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the night. Uh, it was it was Blade Runner, basically, where somebody okay. was a robot. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, that's just something that, that you really need. You can do it at your friendly local game shop, but really cons are the best way to attract that kind of, that, that kind of group. Right. No, I was just going to say it's, um, it's completely analogous to everything that we heard about all the film fest cancellations that mm. there's so much, uh, that goes into, there's so much about a film festival beyond the actual yeah. films being screened. So even though this Amazon option with South by is potentially very positive, it kind of depends on your thoughts, but, um, you know, you're losing the handshake deals, you're losing the audience hype, you're losing the limited hype that critics start that create a larger audience hype later. Um, you're losing all of that. And I think, I mean, I'm sure we all saw those uh, viral tweets of the audience reactions to um, the Avengers, to not the Avengers, to Endgame um, yeah. the other day. And uh, exactly that. You wouldn't have cheered that way for Cap wielding Mjolnir from home. You only right. do that in a large theater. So the the point that I'm making is, is exactly that. Like, yeah, you can do a lot of things remotely and digitally and you can rent these movies at home and you can play these games at home and you can do Twitch live streams, but it's really just not the same thing as the audience reaction and the tactile reaction to a board game and being in the same room as people and cheering and laughing about it. Um, and those are the types of things that are really lost. I think the biggest change that we're going to see is that creators are going to get ahead of things their own way I think that they're going to take a little bit of control so personally I think that's one of the things I've noticed with tech like look how YouTube changed the game and how Instagram changed the game and how creators are able to uh, showcase their own stuff their way and take that back and do it their way and I think if anything what we'll see is one of the big changes is that all of these creators will then find the way to get things to people themselves but they'll still ultimately show up at conventions I think yeah, I, I do want to quickly just before we wrap up this uh, this topic, I do want to quickly touch on that Amazon um, self buy deals. We didn't talk yeah. about it last week because it was happening just about as we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, I have thought. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> I... Amazon scares me. Yeah, just they, they scare me. Same. Well, what exactly that... is it? Okay. Uh, uh, basically, self buy was ha- going to have all these films uh, shown at the festival, mm-hmm. and those films basically just aren't getting seen by critics and they aren't getting seen by buyers. So what Amazon did was on Amazon prime for about, about a month, those films are going to be available on the service. My oh. concern is anyone that would have paid to see that movie. will just watch it on Amazon prime. So if yeah. you're going to go see it at a theater, that's, that's burned. That, mm-hmm. that entire mm-hmm. Avenue is completely burned. Yeah. Uh, something, and, something like that uh, happened to the Scott Pilgrim movie. 
where yeah. it was shown at a bunch of conventions and that may have impacted uh the ticket numbers when it actually came out for the general public yeah and i think that's the case people that want to see this stuff that are really dedicated and really excited for this stuff will seek it out the minute they have a chance to watch it yeah right. and then unless it has some massive buzz like parasite did which it was in festival circuit and it still did a really well uh in the uh, cinemas a lot of this stuff doesn't get that it has a very niche audience and once that niche audience has seen it that's burned. That's all gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I may, uh, uh, please, <laughs> this is certainly my universe. So I've been chatting a lot about um, this decision and whether people think it's good or bad. I think people are still really divided. I've chatted with a few of my friends who do uh, like PR for indie films and mm -hmm. um, a lot of critics and a lot of filmmakers and everyone's pretty divided on it. I don't think people, I don't think there is an answer one way or another. Personally, I think Amazon exactly is pretty scary. I think it's a scary choice to dump those movies on. Yeah. One of the first and largest issues that everyone identified is that as soon as it's on Amazon or any streaming service, it is um, completely vulnerable to piracy. Without yes. question. So, Amazon, a lot of piracy does come from Amazon. Right. So hmm. you're immediately like on the day of your premiere, your movie is now um, potentially pirated, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, another one of the big things that um, people are kind of saying in favor is that it is an opt-in or opt-out. So all of the movies at South by aren't automatically going to be on there. It's only for mm -hmm. filmmakers opt into it. Um, so people are saying, well, you know, in that case, you're opting in or opting out. But I guess, you know, if you're a filmmaker and you're expecting that, you know, your first feature was going to get a South by premiere and now your option is to option or opt out of an Amazon stream. It's still kind of sucks. I think that, right. you know, it's not just cause you could have opted in or out of it. I personally don't think that that um, alleviates any of the nastiness about it, but it is what yeah. it is. I do think that there is an argument that says, you know, it's better than nothing. It's more accessible um, in Toronto. I don't have access to, I don't have immediate access to so many festival films. I mean, I yeah. do, now but for years i didn't and if it wasn't for our one genre festival a year i wouldn't see so many of them so you are opening it up to a much broader audience potentially but it's also losing again that theater hype there are movies that immediately got completely different uh press and attention as a result of the festival circuit look at a movie like hardcore henry which i think is now called hardcore if it didn't play for a live large audience at the toronto international film festival it would not have gotten any attention or eyes. And it was because of that loud screaming audience reaction that it sold that night, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. those types of things are completely lost. The handshake deals are lost. All that PR is lost. The critics are going to see it on the same day as the audience. And a lot of them are getting um, short premieres. So even though the festival will be open for a month, your movie could maybe only be playing for a three-hour block. Right. Um, which is Which very again, confusing. Yeah, good or bad, depending on who you are. Do you want everybody watching it at the same time while they tweet about it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe not. So there's a lot to it. Um, and I've been yeah. really interested in it and just hearing so many different people's opinions. Like I kind of thought everyone would be on the same page. Um, and it's wild to me that like there's a huge division between, well, you could opt into it. And yeah, mm -hmm. but it still sucks. So I don't know. It's very my, interesting. My thing is, I think using Amazon as a service Mm -hmm. wasn't a bad idea but have it as if it's a film festival have it so it's uh you have to buy uh 
bypasses or if you're press get press access there's ways you could do it yeah. amazon does that for certain things they could right. say okay here's yeah. your here's your press login you can watch uh whatever amount of movies you want as long as you're willing to sit there for the amount of time and if you're public you get access to five films if you pay the festival fee or whatever it is there, there was ways mm -hmm. you could do an online festival and other things have done it this just seems like they were using people to draw people to, to amazon prime and i think that's less useful than doing it as as like self buy if you had a pass for self buy you get access to this amazon account and just do it that way there's ways right. you could do it that would make it feel more like a festival and more special and there's ways right. you can do it that just kind of dump things on a service and if people happen to be watching that time they can watch the movie it does right. definitely feel like a, a means to make amazon look better and like you know yeah. Yeah. build up their portfolio as opposed to like hey we're going to save uh, south by southwest we're going to bring it to you to, you know to, to the public and we're, we're sort of going to try to preserve preserve the experience it's like okay well you know, you're at home. Uh, we have these films that you might want to see. You can watch them now. You're welcome, Amazon. Yeah. My, my question is, and I don't think anyone's saying one way or the other, how much money changed hands from Amazon to South By? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because I mean that it would explain why South By is so willing to kind of promote this because it doesn't really seem to be helping them. It's so I know. The rumor is, and I'd actually be curious to um, yeah. confirm this now, um, but the rumor has been that as far as the filmmakers go, they get a one-time streaming fee of $1,000. That's not great. No, no. not at all. Um, <laughs> so I don't know exactly how that works, especially since a lot of them pay festival fees. So I don't yeah. really understand how that works. I don't know what Amazon gave to South by, um, but I'd be curious... I mean, listen. Those guys in trouble right now, so I'd imagine yeah, some money had to change hands. Yeah, mm. for sure. And like, if it were me, um, and it's not, um, you know, I, and it, you know, we were talking about a company like Amazon. What yeah. are you going to do for the tourism that South by usually yeah. brings in, and all of Nothing. these places? Like, right? It's it's such a massive loss, and and we'll see that. Like, I mean, you know, we're in Toronto. TIFF is a massive part of the Toronto tourism economy it and it's in September. Like we have no idea what's going to happen by then. Right. I know, I know Venice happens. right now is already saying they have, they're not guaranteeing that festival is going to happen or Venice fashion week for that matter. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. They, yeah. Don't, they don't know. And they we, don't we, want to... we've been talking about cons this whole time, but yeah, the, the, the big thing about them is they are such a boost to the economy. People buying hotels, people going out to eat, people just sort of like who, who aren't native to the, to the city or whatever, or, or, or aren't normally around it, uh, being there and sort of, you know, you're at the con, but then when the con's over at five o'clock, what are you going to do? You're going to go spend money uh, in the city, right? So it's, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's sort of losing money now, but it's it's definitely a, a wide-ranging thing there. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a good way to wrap up, and uh, at least that segment. And I know Lane has a, an idea for a second segment, so I'm going to let him describe that, because I have no comment one way or the other on the segment. <laughs> well, um, basically... Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out here here shortly, and it's an important game for a lot of people. Um, it's not my or the original was not particularly my favorite in the series, but a lot of people have very strong uh, ties and histories to that particular franchise. Um, I, I joked off Mike that I learned how to read by playing the original Final Fantasy, which is true and dumb, um, but also very true. Um, so I just wanted to see like what kind of what kind of history people have with Final Fantasy VII or with Final Fantasy in general. Anyone? 
I I can talk about this <laughs> to a degree. Go ahead, Liam. I have a limited history with FF7 itself. I bought the game on PlayStation 3. I got I through... I had it at least on PlayStation 3. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah uh, Way to go, PlayStation original... 3. It was a straight port. No, uh, no... It was probably the PC port, actually. Uh, it, it had a speed it up. It was I the original could... PC port, not the upgraded right. one. Yeah, okay. that's the one I know that got ported to a lot of a lot of places for a while. Right. Um, well, I played a few hours of it. I actually tried to do a bit of uh, recording and live commentary over it, but that never got posted anywhere. Um, I made it up to the tutorial building in the seventh heaven area after the bombing run mm -hmm. and i believe that's where i stopped and just never ended up going back to it um i would kind of like to but uh now's not the time remakes in two days I, I mean i think that was the perfect time you can you yeah. can play a pretty yeah. version you can yeah, yeah like <laughs> Not going out. Well, yeah, I do. I do also own the Steam version, and I also have some some mods for the Steam version, but I haven't actually booted that up. Um, I would like to definitely try that experience someday because it's going to be a wholly original, wholly original one. Mm -hmm. My experience with Final Fantasy as a whole is somewhat indirect i've played four the ds version of four i've put several hours into one a little bit of time into two both of them on the psp uh i almost beat final fantasy 13 um i'm sorry you didn't have and to put then yourself through that my ps3 <laughs> exploded and that was that. Um, That's fair. Uh, which was I... thirteen? I forget. Which was thirteen? I forget that one. Thirteen was the one with lightning. Oh, that was like three of those, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. it got. And I own there. all three of them. I've only Why? played the first two, but I'm <laughs> looking forward to playing the third one because it plays in a very distinct way. That's actually somewhat like the FF Seven remake. Weird. Uh, though still a bit well more restricted in some ways less so in others yeah it was like you set people with a job and they did what what they were gonna do but you well no basically it, gave them guidelines well that's how it is in 13 and 13 too in 13 3 aka lightning returns you set lightning with a costume that has uh different Ew. moves and don't actually know if there's any other difference than just the moves. I'm probably wrong about that, but so one character um, has a job system. Yeah, your only character has a job system cool. um, that you can customize as you will. And I've seen what high-level gameplay looks like, and that's what got me to buy it because I'm just a sucker for that kind of stylish action combat 
and somehow they did it. They they managed to get one one game in that trilogy with that sort of thing. But uh, anyone else? Like, I, I would love to, because I mean, Liam's good point. The series is so vast. There's so many games in the series, and everyone has a game that kind of drew them in. I mean, I don't have any. So I have no comment nice. on yeah. any of this. Um, that sounds like a comment in and of itself, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, but I don't like RPGs. Like, there's don't like, like what, RPGs, 35 yeah. of them games, and you're like, no, no, nothing's good to me. There's 35? I didn't even... I don't know. That's I'm sure there's 35. more than that. Uncle Obi, it might be 34. all the spinoffs. There's also the mobile games, uh, and every single, ser- every, every single one seemed to have two games, with li- with the 13 having two, uh, three no, games. it's 10... And thirteen. Ten and ten two. That, and okay, I don't seven like this has the compilation. This, this is getting confusing and weird and dumb. <laughs> the, the, this yeah. sounds like Kingdom Hearts, and I I, I can't understand that yeah. either. Well, yeah, we but, haven't uh, even said let, Fabula let Nova Crystallis yet. Let me be extremely that, clear. <laughs> if it's a numbered Final Fantasy, it has nothing to do with any other Final Fantasy with a number. Only yeah. Final Fantasies with the same number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ah, there are God. some there are some tentative connections between eleven and fourteen, the two online games, but they're very light. So if anybody um, ever told you that video games aren't complicated, they're wrong. So they're, they're very wrong. Uh, but <laughs> I, I would love here, to... like feeling high and mighty. Meanwhile, like I last week went through the like very yeah. confusing canon of Batman comics. So I don't know why I'm like a little. <laughs> That's a rough have one too. Bad. I haven't I'm, even like, brought up so my favorite too. Final Fantasy. <laughs> That would be the original Dissidia games. Those are the crossover ones, and they are canon to Final Fantasy One. Oh boy! On that note, I would I I would love to hear Lane's story he told us before the podcast because I think that is kind of pointed to how prominent Final Fantasy has been for so many people's lives. Uh, which one? The oh yes, about uh, the The one the one you just told us like twenty. 33 minutes ago. Uh, so basically, I've played every numbered Final Fantasy game. Um, I've played them my entire life. I learned how to read to play the first Final Fantasy. That's why I can't. Re- I have problems spelling the word lightning because it is misspelled in that game, as well as some other words, a uh, nightmare. Yeah, it's spelled L-I-T, and that makes no sense at all. L-I-T? L-I-T. I need to look Litning. this up. I thought it yep. was a different error. Hold on. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy is important in some really dumb ways to me. Um, I also would like to remind everyone that Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen was the face of uh, Louis Vuitton in Japan. Oh, that's right. That happened. Yes. Yes, she was their 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 model. Yeah, Never she understand. did some model work. All right. So I never weird. understand how that game got so huge in Japan, but that's another story completely. Um, as far as my tentative relationship with Final Fantasy VII, um, it, it came out when I was a teenager. So um, it was pretty bad. It was pretty yeah. bad. I, I, it I was thought, a bad game. I don't know <laughs> if it was a bad game or if I my... am going to go on. I'm going to go on record right now mm-hmm. and say Final Fantasy VII was the most 90s-ass 90s game ever, and it hit the right time for the right people to make people love it. If that game had no nostalgia and was released today, 
no one would enjoy it. Hmm. Whoa. I know. I'm going to well, throw that out there. going to drop that bomb and walk away. Huh. I think uh, it would hit with the same age group that it, it hit with initially. Um, yeah, sure. I'll give you that. There, there's going to be there. There would still be people with bad Sephiroth IM uh, screen names. That's true. Um, who would, we won't have MSN Messenger to show it off. Though. True, true. Uh, I cannot quote uh, "One Winged Angel" in my AIM away message anymore. Yeah, that's true. You but that's a it. thing that happened. <laughs> I think it hit that emo <laughs> culture so well, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Well, and I honestly think that Final Fantasy VIII, though it didn't prepare, it didn't hit quite as big, um, probably had a little more of that 90s energy that... that oh, it's so much... That, that hair. There's so much frosted tips in that game. Oh, yeah. Um, look at the old advertisement for Final Fantasy VIII. It is the most 90s, 90s crap that you could imagine. Uh, down to the gun blades and the uh, face tattoos. Oh, I'm FF... looking at it right now. Oh, it's real FF8 dumb. Oh, it's bad. Is so much more of that that era's teenage oh coolness than seven. So oh I'm, man! I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, one of the ads for Final Fantasy VIII allow if you pre-order the game, you could win or Toyota Echo. Wow! Yeah, the dream. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, okay. Uh, with that, Final Fantasy... Lindsay, do you have anything Final Fantasy to bring up at all? No, I wish I did. I'm feeling yeah, very I don't either. envious. I don't either, other than thinking it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been I played the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was like, oh, Cloud, spiky hair. Well, and, and I didn't even really care about the remake until people started saying it was really good. I had recently dove into Final Fantasy XIV, which is a good MMO, if you are looking for an MMO. Um, get past the the base stuff, and then it gets good, and it stops talking about crystals and weird ways. But uh, yeah, hmm. I've been staring at the word lightning so much over the past five minutes that it doesn't look like a real <laughs> word anymore. It's Words aren't even real. When you when you said it, I was like, oh, it's probably when I was like lightning, lightning situation. No, I the fact that I, yeah. I actually people. found the word lightning, and that is something completely different. I yeah. didn't think there yeah. was a misspelling at any point. It might have just been in the wow. original game, but I can't find that. Well, mm. two was real bad too, but uh, the the spell name for lightning was L I T L I T two and L I T three. Okay, so for for because three of us don't really know Final Fantasy, so Lane and Liam, what are your top Final Fantasy games to finish off the Final Fantasy topic, so that we could not play them, probably. <laughs> uh, well, my top game is also my favorite game, nice. uh, Dissidia, and Dissidia Duodecim Final Fantasy, both for the PSP. I, I I'm just gonna crack in here for a second. These names are nonsense. Yeah, they are. Continue. Yeah. It actually, I think it means zero one two, and that's all it means. But uh, that doesn't help anything. <laughs> no, that, yeah. that makes sense now, Brandon. It's, it's yeah, okay. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, well, that's not even the worst of it. it yeah, really isn't. the the I mean the crazy thing is the Duodecim is a pseudo is like a prequel sequel. It's an expansion pack. It's it's a upgraded game with the new content being a prequel uh anyways i'm afraid i can't rank the others too well because i have 
a weird spotty like as i mentioned my history with it jumps around a lot i guess even though i've never played it i think i like 10 the second most I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Elaine, what is I, your second favorite Final Fantasy? Well, my favorite Final Fantasy makes I, I'm a I'm a terrible stereotype. I like Final Fantasy VI the most. So. Nice. It's, I mean, I have uh, no action. comment if that's good or bad. It's yeah. got really good music. It's got really good characterization. Um, it broaches some really big topics for for where I was at, at my age. Like, there's a character that. Uh, probably commit suicide if you depending on what route you take but that is no that got dark yeah no it gets real dark uh they lose in that game it's a good game um but uh, as far as like second favorite uh, what was that you the fish get the fish get the good fish the good fish (laughs) So well, that's the final fantasy talk. What? Okay. <laughs> For this episode. That, that, let's let's wrap up here. And um, I, and that is, I that... remembered it's Tactics Advance that's my second favorite one. That's oh, the oh, one I've actually played. That's okay, legit. That's, yeah. Why don't we wrap up there with just everyone kind of going around the table and just giving a suggestion of what we should be doing during this weekend of lockdown? Can cool. we give me... Oh, I don't want to go anything. First. All right, I'll go first. Uh, so this is something that I'm doing. I don't. Okay, I, I recommend it, but honestly, don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> meet a friend of mine because I got into comics with the New Fifty Two, which was like okay. I don't know, twenty eleven. So we're sort of oh, going okay. through all those books that we uh, <laughs> that we uh, that we remember reading, and we're sort of going through all of them and doing a little podcast on that. So I don't know, revisiting some old stuff because like it's out there, and uh, there's no new comics coming out, so you may as well go to those ones. And some of them are pretty good. I love pretty that. Pretty damn good. So, yeah. I dig that. Um, when is this going up? This will go up on Friday. Okay. Or today. Um, ooh. Ooh, spicy. Did you say Friday? Oh my gosh, it's Friday. Oh, no, wow. what? No. no. <laughs> These don't matter anymore, Lindsay. It's fine. Uh, what day is it? Um, so it's Wednesday. I was gonna yeah. say, <laughs> the thing that... It is Wednesday. Uh, Wine Wednesday, kids. Get ready. Um, so... Yeah, what I've been doing, that's, oh God, sorry, that's embarrassing. Hope you can cut that out. My computer is talking. Um, yeah, what I've been doing that's, uh, I've been helping a lot is a lot of these live watches. It's definitely getting overwhelming. I think people are stacking them up a little bit too close together because we're all really excited about it. But it has been really nice to interact with people. I will say I just noticed that Christopher Landon, the uh, director of Happy Death Day, is hosting a live watch with the cast so jessica ross gonna be there and ruby modine and a few others um on friday at 7 30 p.m uh, pacific time so i guess that's 10 30 eastern was that so really that good seems fun i love I it, enjoyed it. yeah good. i watched yeah. it like three no, times this week so and there's a sequel yeah i a... didn't hate the sequel it's fun i love it, this yeah <laughs> They're both better than they have any right to be. They're like, I was not expecting anything to go into them. And I was like, wow, I hope, like, you know, I I would watch another one of these. A hundred percent. Yeah. Huge fan. Love them so much. Won't stop talking about them. This will be my third live watch of it. Like that's, and I'm, I'm hyped. It's like my plans for Friday. So. That being said, it's a solid good movie. I, I do. There's no ill will to watching that many times. That movie. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So that's what I'm probably going to do. I've been staying on top of those. Um, 
uh, oh gosh, Adam Green hosted a Hatchet 1 and a Hatchet 2 live stream recently, so I'm suspecting he will probably do a Hatchet 3 live watch pretty soon. That'd be kind of cool. And maybe he'll do a Victor Crowley live watch after that. Who knows? As you can The tell, math checks out there, watchers. unlike yeah. in Final Fantasy. So, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, just for all the Final Fantasy fans, these ones go 1, 2, 3, and then 4. <laughs> Oh, um, in the final fantasy I'm just joking. games normally um, go one and then uh, yeah. four depends on where then... you are to how you count right yeah. it's like the rambo titles basically um uh, so yeah so that is probably what i will be doing um i think that's it i think those are the only ones i would really i don't know i just been staying all over twitter they've been a lot of cool live reads and live watches um where they'll do like instagram live just today uh, which is Wednesday when we're recording. There was a Twin Peaks 30th anniversary, um, Kyle McLaughlin and, uh, oh God, Machen, I can't remember her last name, um, live tweeted the pilot and then did an Instagram live. So that was really That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah, so things like that have been really fun. That's what I've been up to. Nice. Uh, Lane, do you have a, anything? Uh, honestly, I've been, I've been trying to be creative as much as possible. Um trying to trying to develop a tabletop rpg kind of system neat. yeah we'll see how it goes and if it crashes and burns horribly other than that i've been making At least bread. You something yeah exactly you bread yeah yeah i got a oh. nice sourdough starter going i'm gonna i'm gonna try some fancy <laughs> stuff with it that is what's up i recommend the uh ba it's alive episode oh i love on sourdough <laughs> i i love those guys we could we could take up another 45 minutes on, excellent on news Next I, like, i'm so happy that it's like back on like the home page because everyone's making sourdough right now so anyway. yes i have no idea what you guys are talking about oh i cannot wait to regale you with it later okay <laughs> youtube is really good <laughs> and liam sorry lane liam no i was right the first time liam no it's Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many l's uh, well um, I'd just like to come up, come to everybody with a friendly reminder that uh, you can still take walks, especially if you're you're home more often and uh, um, can find a period of time where less people are on the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, picking up something creative like. Like was previously stated, is a good thing. I'm. I need to try and do that myself. It's something I've been meaning to do for a long time, and I really have no excuse. And more time than ever before. Not nah, yeah. um, on yourself, guys. No pressure. Yeah, it's also a quarantine. Like, it's like yeah. global, it's a global emergency. It's a, it's a yeah. global pandemic. Yeah. A little behind. Yeah. But also, you should buy some Star Wars miniatures and paint them, even though you don't know the rules for Star Wars miniature game. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You, you think I don't know the rules for a Star Wars miniature? Oh, I'm games. talking about myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want to paint things. Fair. Um, I was gonna suggest for me, I was gonna suggest one of the many games that are coming out, but they a lot of games have been pushed back. Like I don't know, <laughs> The Last of Us, which we didn't even talk about being delayed, but it was delayed. Yeah. Oh, um, really? oh. yeah, that was definitely yeah. delayed. Um, yeah, that I, and Iron back. Man VR. I mean, I don't think that was as, as exciting. That was a fun game. Yeah, anyway, fine. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Um, I'm gonna Gears of War has a. If you are have Xbox One or a PC right now, uh, Gears of War Five. 
one of them has a free preview weekend, uh, free uh, free play weekend this weekend. So if you were kind of skeptical of the series, probably a good time to give it a try. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if not, keep an eye out. If you don't have evil games. systems, I mean. Yeah, but that's my suggestion because I've been meaning to try to try get. I haven't played four or five yet, so my thought was jump into that series and kind of finish it up because nice. Hmm. I don't think I fit. I don't think I've gotten anywhere since three. So you know, let's let's jump back in and play some of that. Yay! Rock on! There we go. Ed, yeah. Does anyone want to uh, pimp their uh, social media accounts before we wrap up? I don't use mine enough to really pimp it. That's. I mean, you can still do it. You can it's get all at Fred's fault. There you go. I never nice. tweet. It's Fred's Maybe fault. we'll start. <laughs> uh, I tweet too much if you want to follow me. Um, it's Smash Travis. It's spelled S-M-A-S-H-T-R-A-V-E-S. Uh, you can follow me there to find out what I'm thinking. I probably will retweet a bunch of other people talking about live watches, and you can mute all the hashtags. So you don't have to see all of my tweets about them within two hours. Yay. <laughs> yeah. You can find me at Alex Hansiak, and I actually sent a tweet about not understanding Final Fantasy, but supporting those who do during this episode. So that if that's not live accurate. tweeting, I don't know what is. Whoa. We can teach you. And it's like a hint. It's like a little teaser for the right? episode. Ahead. Damn. Uh, Liam, do you have any social media accounts you want to talk about? Well, I do have a Twitter account. It's doesn't have any valuable content going up on it right now. No one does. <laughs> but, it's all I don't know why you said that. I mean, most does. of my stuff is retweets and like but if you're interested, it's at Rogue M Clone. Nice. Uh and I look at fighting games and ch- uh, video game deals, and I retweet that stuff. I mean, to be fair, that's useful. Yeah. At this, at this point in time, video game deals are damn useful. Yep. Uh, you know what else could uh, and... be useful in this trying time? Here's a little game recommendation for you. You ever heard of Pathologic? <laughs> no. No, I've not. <laughs> well, um... Uh, what if you could see the coronavirus chasing you? Ooh. I, I don't oh, want to do that. I don't, no. I don't want to do that. I'll play Final Fantasy before I play that game. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I don't, I don't hate Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Like, I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm excited to try it out. Uh, yeah. We're yeah. up, at least, so I feel like that's fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, and I, just to wrap things up, I am bfry26 on Twitter, and I mean, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's there's nothing valuable on there, but you can find me as Beefright26 on there too. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, anyone else want to kind of wrap, finish things up before we head off? Uh, yeah, just you know, go at your own pace, stay safe, and uh, a lot of great video games, a lot of great stuff to consume, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week because we have nowhere else to be. <laughs> I'm always stick safe. together with your loved ones, support the people you know and can access through. Uh, physical contact or by phone um keep your head up and stay safe we'll get through this yay have a great one everyone and um stay safe